1: What's up guys and welcome back to Beyond the Void
0: (laughs) our Podcast.
1: That's right, it's episode 184 and this week we start a new adventure in a franchise that many have maybe seen, I would assume most people have seen, but maybe not all of the movies in the franchise. And what franchise are we talking about, Christina?
0: The Omen.
1: That's right. We're going to be going through all five of the movies, not the TV series, although Christina might want to add some uh, talk about that on the final episode, because we're going to be basically doing this episode where we do The Omen 1976 against... The 2006 remake. Of the Omen. And then the next one, we're going to do two and three. And then the one after that, we're going to do four plus a wrap up of all of the movies in order of our favorites.
0: I have never seen the sequels.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have, have, but it's been f- forever and I don't remember what the fourth one is.
0: Uh huh. It must like, be that bad. Oh.
1: I'm sure I've oh. seen it. I just, it's just one of those things, you know, like when you're craving new movies and stuff, you may right. not go down that. Plus, you know, it might not have been available as much because the fourth one was like a, Canadian TV movie. Oh, okay. Interesting, though. I figured, you know, we do something a little bit bigger this time, and we're going to be pushing a lot of the new reviews to the YouTube for the next couple of weeks. So, if you aren't already following that, you should. We already just did a review of Z from yeah, from Shudder, which was uh, interesting. I won't say what it is. You should check out that review. Uh, any support on that channel really does help me out a lot. I found out that like only 3% of the people who watch my videos are people who follow me and the rest are like 98% almost of, of fucking people who oh, don't follow random. the channel don't subscribe. Oh, uh-huh. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we're going to be putting up a bunch of stuff on there. So definitely follow that. There's a link down below for the YouTubes. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Are you excited to do this franchise?
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Well, especially I'm since excited. you haven't
1: seen the other ones.
0: Right. And yeah. it was nice to rewatch these because I haven't rewatched the original because I haven't seen it in a while.
1: Yeah, but we always make jokes about it in the house. Like, it's all for you because oh. our dog's name is Murray and he's our fucking child pretty much. And and like, he's spoiled. So we Christina would but always I, say, it's oh. all for you, Murray. It's
0: all for you. <laughs> I love love you he's yes looking Murray at us it's for all for <laughs> you every time I feed him it's all for you Murray he's it's like, like oh for shit you, you
1: guys turn this into a podcast about me <laughs> fuck we gave him a, a antler and he's chawling down on the fucking bone right now hopefully he doesn't break his teeth off on it because he's so fucking neurotic <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited too. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these. I'm, I'm definitely looking to two, three and four now because Uh me too, because I don't remember. I know I've seen two and three. I don't know if I've seen four. I might've seen it on TV or something like that. So we'll see, but Mm -hmm. I hope you guys are excited. You know, I know some of these are available on two different box sets. We got like, the $10 box set, which is like the one you could get at Best Buy, and it doesn't include the fourth movie, but Screen Factory put out a whole new release that is with one through four, including the remake, and that one is like, I think it's like 60 bucks. Oh, out! Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good... If you're a fan of this series, honestly, from what I remember, the first one is pretty much the best, and the rest were just, meh. hmm You know it's what I mean? usually how it goes. Right. So, but it'll be interesting. I mean, we also were thinking about doing Children of the Corn as one of them next. And we may push that out to a few months from now. Because when we commit to something like doing an entire franchise, especially as one as big as the fucking Children of the Corn, we did The Howling. And that was like eight or nine movies, I think. And then Children of the Corn is like 11 fucking different movies with like two different remakes now. Like... (laughs) So I don't know. I really want to do Children of the Corn because I remember watching all the way up to 6. So maybe we'll do that. We also want to do um Beyond the Door franchise which we just collected uh 1 through 3. We did? Yeah, cuz okay. there's the first one's called Beyond the Door and then it's a, it's like a, a Exorcist rip off and then there's a part 2 called Shock also called From Beyond or from beyond the beyond or beyond the door two, and then there's a beyond the door three, which looks like a so bad it's good film that's out by Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm kind of interested in doing that too, but that's a smaller one. But we might have to compact that into one episode. One
0: episode. Yeah. Oh, those are rough. I
1: don't want to do two episodes on three movies. It's just too much. Anyway, so I think it might be that time.
0: What time is it? Horse shots.
1: shots! All right, so we obviously picked one of the movies, and God, I would be fucking struck down by the horror community if we didn't pick the first one for many reasons, (laughs) and I won't explain why just yet. But we're picking the 1976 version of The Omen to make a drink based around one of the characters in the original movie, and that is who we call Scary Poppins. Poppins. Yes, which if you guys have ever looked online, they used to make those faux trailers. They take happy movies and turn them into horror or horror movies into happy movies like they called, they did the Shining one, which was like called Shine. And they turned it into a, like a family drama about them becoming oh, friends. Oh, okay, I remember And then that. they did one for Mary Poppins called Scary Poppins, where it's done in a horror theme. And I've always just, the, the, the actress, the nanny in this movie is so good. Like if there ever was a Scary Poppins movie, this woman would oh, have been yeah, the perfect totally. choice. I mean, maybe not now, but cause she, I don't even know if she's still alive. No. But, she's not she's not she was so good she was good so I wanted to theme a drink around her we were thinking about doing like hellhound drink and then we were thinking about doing one with Damien and then we were thinking about doing Apocalypse. one of Megid- Megiddo which is a, t- a town they go to in the movie and then we were like oh we oh. could theme it around Mejito and Megiddo <laughs> but we didn't have the ingredients so we just settled for a scary poppins in this drink, you're going to be basically taking, it's going to make two shots and you're going to want to chill this shot because it it's better cold, honestly. So you're going to take the ingredients that we have are Jägermeister, Sour Apple Pucker and Phillips 100 Heat, which is essentially like Fireball. So if you want to substitute, that's fine. It's just a stronger Fireball. It's got a hundred proof, I think. Great. And then we also did a splash of ginger ale in there. So, well, if you're doing two shots, you're going to fill up half a shot with Jägermeister. And in the other shot, you're going to fill up half a shot of Phillips 100 or Fireball. Then you're going to pour those in a cup with ice. Then you're going to fill up three-fourths of a shot of Sour Apple Pucker, and then fill the rest up with ginger ale, throw it in the cup with the ice, mix it together, and pour two shots, and you have you scary poppins. So the way you do this shot, we made these up for us right now. We haven't tasted them, but I'm sure it's better cold.
0: And I'm doing the shot too. Well, I'm going to do half of this shot. This do
1: the shot. Do the whole shot. I'm
0: not going to do the whole shot. I'm going to do half a shot.
1: Oh, my God. You ruined yourself on that.
0: I don't so I got the more myself.
1: full one because I figured you'd spill it or <laughs> <laughs> get mad at me, so I just didn't. So wait, wait, wait. Before you take it. You got to say, it's all for you, Damien.
0: It's all for you. It's
1: all for you, Damien. Look what I'm doing for you.
0: Oh, that's disgusting.
1: Absolutely not. It's good. I think that's a great shot.
0: It burns. Give me it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I like this a lot, actually. Cheers. Mm. Oh, that's good. Scary Poppins, baby. It's not too dissimilar to the Krampus shot, the gut Krampus shot.
0: Uh huh. You don't. That's have where a- I got
1: the idea from.
0: Do you have an aftertaste?
1: Um, I mean, it tastes like everything that was supposed to be in there. I mean, yeah, it tastes like that.
0: It's lingering.
1: It's the fireball.
0: Ugh, that doesn't taste like fireball though. That's a more
1: strong. But, yeah, I think that's a fucking, that'll wreck you shot. Like, you will, especially if you use the Philips 100, guys. So, if you can find that, it's really cheap. It's, like, the cheapest, like, fireball that you can find. Only it's stronger, I think. So, Uh but, yeah. So, if you would like to try a Scary Poppins, all you got to do is go to longlidthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So, now it is time to lift off on our the omen franchise starting with the omen from 1976 and
0: the omen from 2006
1: as a remake and we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of that right now So now we're obviously going to kick it off with chronological order in the way that these movies pretty much came out. Only with this episode, like we mentioned, it's the remake too. So, and that's just to compare them. We figured it'd be best to do that than to put it on the end. So, Christina, why don't you to go ahead and tell us all about the
0: 1976 film, The Omen? <laughs> oh, you caught me in the. In the end there. All right, Omen, 1976. It was actually released on June 25th, 1976.
1: Oh, sneaky little fuckers. I know.
0: So too bad they couldn't do it on the 6th, like the other one. But well, maybe anyway. it
1: premiered somewhere, that, you know.
0: Yeah, maybe, but I couldn't find anything on it. But anyway. Okay, the Omen is about mysterious deaths around an American ambassador. Could the child that he is raising actually be the Antichrist? What the, the fuck? The devil's own son? <laughs> The tagline for this movie is Our final warning I don't, yeah Strong (laughs) Directed by Richard Donner Who also did a little movie called The Goonies Oh yeah Superman Lethal Weapon He also did three episodes of Tales from the Crypt He did a lot And he did our favorite Christmas movie, Scrooged Yeah Yeah
1: Those are a lot of childhood favorite movies right there It really
0: is, really is The Omen was written by David Seltzer he also wrote the novel and he wrote the screenplay. He wrote all the novels, he, didn't he? No, he wrote all the screenplays for the movies. And he also he also wrote the TV show. Also wrote The Prophecy from 1979.
1: Yes, The Bear Movie. Yes. I saw that, yeah.
0: Yes, we reviewed it in episode 162.
1: Right. Yeah. Interesting. Did he do the novelizations of the movies, though? Because it says here, novels... And there are five novels in the Omen series, the first three being novelizations of the film counterparts. So essentially they were written for the movie and then somebody turned it into a novel, which they often do with a lot of films. So the Omen was written in 1976 by David Seltzer. So they turned that into a novelization. Then Damien Omen 2, written in 1978 by Joseph Howard. Omen 3, The Final Conflict, was written in 1980 by Gordon McGill. Omen 4, Armageddon 2000, was written in 1983 by Gordon McGill as well. And the final one that they did from the novelization was Omen 5, The Abomination, written in 1985 by Gordon McGill as well. But yeah, David Seltzer did the movies.
0: Right. All right. Movie stars Gregory Peck plays Robert Thorne. He was also in To Kill Mockingbird, and he was in Cape Fear, both the Cape Fears, from 1962 and from
1: 1991. Seems like he... When he played the father, it's like there was a time where they had a lot of really older gentlemen <laughs> with very young women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In movies, did you ever notice that? Because they were like right. really established actors, right? So they wanted him in there to have that real acting, you know? So,
0: right. Know. Um, he was also in besides doing the the remake. For Cape Fear, he also was in uh, Moby Dick from 1956, and then he was in the TV mini miniseries from 1998. Okay. So I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Lee Rimmick, who plays Catherine Thorne, uh, she was in a lot of TV movies in the 80s, uh, but she was also in a movie called The Hunted from 1974, A Severed Head from 1971, The Satan Bug, and Experiment in Terror. Okay. Harvey Stevens, who plays Damien, he was in a TV movie called Gagan the Savage. But then he also was in the 2006 re- remake, which we'll talk about when we... Is that all he ever remake. did? Yep, that's all. That's all he's ever wow. done. Uh, the Omen was his first movie, and then he did this TV movie, and then he probably just stopped. Okay. You know, kids changed Kids minds. Well, changed he did the, the
1: remake, too, right? He yeah, was a-
0: he was just in the remake, for, like a cameo. He was right. like a cameo in the remake. Um, David Warner, who plays Keith Jennings, the photographer, he has 200 and tw- uh, 224 acting credits. And he was in one of your favorite movies, The Mouth of Madness. Yes. Um, he was also in Tron, Titanic. I've never seen Titanic. Uh, Time Bandits, Wax Waxwork, Star Trek V. He was Something that really interested me is he was the voice of Raj Agul in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, okay, nice. Isn't that funny? He was also in Scream 2.
1: Okay, yeah, I loved him. He was great. He was. He's been a great actor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's uh still with us. I didn't mean to just make it seem like he's dead, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Scary Poppins was played by Billy Whitelaw.
1: Mrs. Baylock.
0: Yeah, Mrs. Baylock, the nanny. Um, she was the the voice of of from the crystal the dark crystal Agra how do you say her name Agra you you know
1: Agartha
0: Yeah Agartha And her last movie was Hot Fuzz.
1: Right. She played Joyce Cooper in that or whatever.
0: Mhm. Uh, Patrick Troughton who played Father Brennan and he's important to mention because he played the second Doctor Who in the series. So of all time, he was the second Doctor Who.
1: Right. Okay.
0: And then he's done a shit ton of Shakespeare stuff. And then um, he was also in the original Treasure Island.
1: Okay. Cool.
0: The the budget for this movie was two point eight million dollars, and it a box office it made sixty million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. What do you think?
1: Alex. Um uh, I mean this is a classic fucking movie. I mean, what are you going to I mean it, there it is debatable you can point out some flaws with this movie. But, you know, when this movie came out, it was huge. It was a huge thing for horror. It's essentially a public service announcement that warns of the dangers of adopting children. You know, say, you know, saving one child's life could, you know, be the death of all mankind. So let this be a lesson. <laughs> but no, but I think this is a great film for numerous reasons. It fits into the whole t- film type of the Rosemary's Baby thing, too. So it kind of is very closely related in that respect. Um, although I'm not sure which is better. I've actually seen this film so many times since I was a kid and I've always come back to it. It's like a, it's like a classic film. Like I said, with actual gore and shock, you know, a few iconic scenes that I'll probably never forget specifically. It's all for you, (laughs) Damien. I mean, that's just crazy. Like that's a really cool stunt too. Right. Like, I don't know how they did it exactly, but plus, I mean, it's got one of the best soundtracks in a horror movie ever. Like, some might even argue better than the movie itself, which I I definitely can't say they're 100% wrong on that. But I think it works together pretty great regardless. And Jerry Goldsmith did amazing work on this, and it deserves every bit of credit that it gets. I even have it on my playlist that I listen to all the time.
0: The Spotify one? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: It's, I, I always hear it in there, and I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> you know, it's like so different from the, the other synth stuff. You should,
0: you should link your Spotify
1: Oh, I'll do it, yeah. If you guys want to listen to, like, Dark Synth or Synthwave mixed with, like, different types of electronic dark music and stuff like that with horror scores and shit like that that are on Spotify you're definitely going to want to listen to this. So I'll, I'll post a link down below to the Spotify. But I have this on the playlist. It's iconic. I picture him sipping wine in, like, dark candlelight while sacrificing a goat while he was writing this. <laughs> because it's fucking... I mean, it's like one of the best dark fucking... It's like the perfect fit for this movie. It's just that good. It really is. I think it's kind of ahead of its time while being very... um. Uh, rootsy and grassy and just like authentic. You know what I mean? Like there's something very authentic about it. But plus, I mean, this movie is w- what catapulted Richard Donner's career to give us so many wonderful films that we already mentioned, like Goonies, The Toy, Lethal Weapons, Scrooge and plenty more. So you have to appreciate just on that alone. And and don't get me wrong here. He's done a ton of other work before that. But I think this was the movie that really just blew him up. You know, Um, I think it's a it's a solid mainstream success that brought us multiple sequels for better or worse. We'll find out. I think there's just something really terrifying about kind of doubting your own child or one that you adopted, you know, regardless, there's something kind of very creepy about that as a somebody that might be becoming a parent or wanting to be a parent. That is something you think about maybe just in the back of your head, which is also something that puts you in the position of could I do this to my child or someone I adopted? Could I do this to a child? If it were all true, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Although I will give some criticism on this film. There are a lot of people who will, you know, say they they love and respect this film, but they may have wanted to see a little bit more behind the eyes of the child. And like, was he the one causing all this problems, you know, or was it Satan? You know, it doesn't super focus on the child, even though he is kind of the pivotal central force of the plot. It's it's really it's just about the the parents lives, really. And everyone that around them, I feel like they could have shown him being a little bit more present in some of the moments of these sort of well thought out plans. But, you know, there it's a minor gripe and, you know, it could be debatable as to why they didn't show him that much, because maybe one, he wasn't controlling it and his dad was to let him get to the point where he could do this kind of stuff. You know, and it was everything, all the chess pieces around them that were moving, and he was just kind of part of it, trying to learn how to flex his fucking supernatural prowess, I guess. And it would also kind of make you question, was he really doing it at all as well? So, you know, those are all valid points to point to other things. I still like the idea that there's some sort of a secret plan behind the scenes, some sort of like dark evil forces that can manipulate the outcome ahead of time. Like they know where everything's going to be at the right moment to enact some sort of fucking death or kill or disturbance in their family. And it's pretty cool. Something you can't escape. You know, I would give this one probably an 8.5. And I know that may, I know some people may say that that's a little too low. I think it's a classic. I think sometimes I feel like the soundtrack is the part that really pulls me in. Really? Yes. Oh. So I feel like I have to be kind of reasonable and, and and, nota- and like, recognize that piece of me a little bit. Uh-huh. Because it's not, like, one of my favorite films of all time. It's a great film. I love watching all the time. But it's not... You know what I mean? Do you, Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. I'd say it, you know... It and Rosemary's Baby have a lot of themselves tucked into movies that tackle the subject these days. It's like they're the ground on which most movies trace on, you know, like these two movies in particular. Uh So for that reason, if you haven't seen this movie, I say, please go out and watch it. It may be the best thing you've ever seen. It may not be all that great to you. I'm curious to see what some people think of this movie, too, who do not believe in the supernatural. I know that there's fans of the movie who don't believe in supernatural stuff and those who do. So it's kind of curious to see how that affects other people so and i know a couple people who are not really into that kind of stuff and still love the books and the and the movies so or this movie in particular do
0: you think that has to do with it being a religious aspect of it rather <clears throat> because more I than think like it's just a story okay
1: i mean even if they don't believe in it it's still an interesting concept
0: yeah exactly
1: that's what the story is really interesting and like no point in the movie did i ever feel bored like really. Really? Nah, I mean there's a couple of moments, but they were all like they had purpose. It wasn't like it was just an obligatory thing that happened on like the remake. Anyway. <laughs> which had dumb shit in it. But yeah. anyway. Um Yeah, what about you though?
0: Oh. Oh, yeah. Like on that note, I the story. This but it I kinda have to explain myself though, because I'm more on the the I okay. I'll just jump into it. I gave it a six. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Now, I'm really into, like you say, the supernatural aspect of it, the mm-hmm. Antichrist child. I really like the religious stuff, and it really intrigued me to start digging into other stuff. The concept of Satan's son being raised on Earth to take it over is a great idea, but I think the omen is a little lackluster. I There were parts of it I, I thought was very slow. Okay. Uh, I mean, it is a good movie. It's a classic movie. I've seen this movie many times.
1: They don't make movies like this really that much anymore. You know, it's a very classical film in my... Right. I mean, they did but, it.
0: But I would rather watch just those classic parts of the movie. Okay. Than uh, watching the movie as a whole.
1: Really? Yeah. That's weird. Okay, go yeah, ahead.
0: I know it's weird. I'm weird. <laughs> 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 Um, I did love... I love how it was done in Europe. Um, I absolutely love the house mansion. Right. I think the architect architecture in the front of the house is a good backdrop for someone to throw themselves off a roof with a noose. <laughs> um.
1: Spoiler alert. <laughs>
0: that a spo- this is That's not a spoiler. Well, no, if someone cl- hasn't seen this is, it, this is a classic movie. You th- come on. That's I'm just a saying.
1: I'm not I'm giving. i giving you shit.
0: I do think the story was clever with the photographer getting involved. And during the third act, uh, when they started investigating everything, is when I lose interest. Okay. Like, it really just kind of dragged... That's where it dropped off. Yeah, it kind of dragged off instead of those few classic scenes. I've heard that before, and that's
1: why I mentioned that some people wanted to see more of The Child, Mm -hmm. like, kind of unleashing. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: probably why the sequel came up.
0: Right. Uh, Robert Thorne would have... I wish Robert Thorne... um, I wish he would have made a deal with the devil. Right, that would have been interesting. But then you're again, like you're troping on like Rosemary's Baby type of.
1: Sure, and I'm sure they pulled some of their inspiration from. Oh it. yeah, totally. Because
0: yeah. Rosemary Baby was uh, that was sixty eight. Yeah. So it was a good. No, it was like sixty. No,
1: it's sixty eight.
0: Oh, is it oh, okay? And this was seventy six. So yeah, that's a good almost eight decade. Years, uh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> um, I think I, but like you said, I wanted more of the child. The child. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that child call her uh, his mom a cunt. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, a devil child would be doing shit like that.
1: More like the exorcist in some regards.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so.
1: Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it was more shock-based like that. Yeah, Your mother um, sucks
0: cocks in hell! Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it really sparked my interest to watch other stuff. I, I watched the first episode of Good Omens again just so I could compare it to the movie. And I did, and now I'm going to rewatch the whole series. Um, and, and you
1: read the book, I, the I original got, book, I got, Novelization. I
0: got a, I got through about half of the book. I'm not done with it yet.
1: Right. Well, what but are I some did, of the differences to it, and do you like the book more?
0: I do like the book more, because it's more descriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the story is a little bit more supernatural.
1: Right. Well, I was talking to you about that. I was like, because I saw some trivia on this movie and why they didn't do it the way of the book. And we'll get into um, that on in our trivia here in a little okay. bit.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, because there was some graphic stuff with uh, Father Brennan, mm-hmm. um, and like how how and what his role was, taking care of the other baby, and what he had to do, and like things oh. he do- and the things he did to get to that satanic coven, right that was that was really cool
1: right okay. I, that
0: that was good that, that's pretty much where i ended <laughs> so it's like fresh of my do you think that that mind. had an
1: impact on your score of this movie no i don't okay
0: no it just sparked my interest to read more into the story okay and um also i wanted to watch like american horror story apocalypse because mm-hmm. that was a son of satan right well
1: Mo- mary's baby and, damien
0: yeah eli remember that movie right. eli yeah. But anyway, yeah, I gave it a 6 out of 10.
1: That's crazy. I, I would have thought it would be higher. I just yeah. have to give it 8.5 because the there's a lot of really, really, really great shots in this film. Like, I, there's, like, a lot of classic filmmaking shots that they made in this that were really well thought out. Like, they're really well... Design, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, even when the father goes to the church in the very beginning to, you know, find out the bad news that he finds out and the switch. There's, like, the priest on one side, the nurse on the other side of the window holding mm-hmm. the baby, and then the father on the left of her. And it's, like, all in one shot. And that's a, that's an amazing shot. There's a lot of those shots in this film. And there's, like, all this extra gore and shit thrown in, which, to me, makes a really great film, an enjoyable film to watch. But is it my favorite movie ever? Would I give it a 9 or a 10? You know, see, that's where I had to kind of draw back a little bit, because... While I appreciate this movie and respect it fully, I can't pick it as my favorite movie. But, you know, Rosemary's Baby is a really great piece of work.
0: Do you like Rosemary's Baby better than The Omen? Because I I don't. I'd have to rewatch it again,
1: but I remember Rosemary's Baby a little bit more fondly just because of how they... They fuck with her in it, and right. it's really disturbing Right in that regard. Like, there's there's actual serious tension. Right. And so it does some things better than this movie, but they're very similar. So I think if you like Rosemary's Baby, you'll like oh, this well, and totally. vice versa. But
0: yeah, you, you go down that, that hole. They're
1: different films.
0: That's Satan hole. Satan's right. child hole.
1: <laughs> like, they both feel very classic style writing with, like, edge. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to say. I'd probably give it to Rosemary's Baby, especially being the one that actually kind of brought that to the table before
0: oh, I know. this I one. I was more entertained by The Omen than I was It's almost like the sequel Baby. in a way. I like Rosemary's Babies. I like the atmosphere of it, but okay. I felt like they could have done more. It's slow.
1: Yeah, okay. It is very slow. Well, so the between the two of us... We would give that a 7.25 between the two of us. So, definitely worth a watch.
0: Well, yeah. I'm just saying. Especially those classic scenes. Right. You got to see those classic scenes.
1: Yeah. And they're really good. And it's debatable as to whether or not that Remake did some scenes. We'll talk we'll, about we'll that talk in the about next
0: that. movie. that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't give them a hint. I'm not <clears> Anyway, so we're going to be reaching our trivia portion of this. So if you haven't seen the movie, there is a lot of trivia that is really good uh, about this film. Be it uh, that the cursed portion of it, there's uh, uh, this is one of the films that a lot of people thought were uh, was a cursed film, and there are also a lot of really interesting things as to how this movie got made and like why people chose to be in this. So if you don't want anything spoiled about the movie, we'll get into that. Some of it early on is not. Exactly, spoilerific. But if you don't want anything spoiled, I recommend you go down to the timestamps down below and listen to us talk about the next movie. Uh, but get out there and watch this movie if it's if you've never been able to watch it and you enjoyed what we had to say about it. So you've been warned. So some of the trivia on this: one of the reasons why Gregory Peck, who played the father, accepted the role of this tortured father. And is conflicted with guilt was because he hadn't been around when his son, Jonathan, committed suicide in <gasps> 1975.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Whoa, that's like not even a year. Oh, like, yeah.
1: I guess you're yeah, right.
0: That's really. So this soon. was like
1: his healing movie, I guess. Huh. Uh, for some reason in my mind, I had it was 78. I don't know why.
0: Oh, it's
1: big deal. Um, But yeah, I think part of the reason why Peck took this role for so cheap, too, because he did it on the cheap, was because of that.
0: Oh, okay. It was a therapeutic thing.
1: Right. Like, it was more like, he's getting something out of it, so he didn't need to take as much money for it. mm -hmm. Supposedly he didn't get nowhere near his normal value. I think it was like 250,000 for this role. Wow. Um which was a lot less, which is far below what he normally got. But they did offer him 10% of the the, you know, gross Oh
0: god, tell me he took it. of the it. film,
1: yes. Oh, and thank he took god. it. Okay, so good. when it made 60 million at the box office, Yeah,
0: millionaire.
1: This technically became one of his highest it, it was his highest paid role as of his career mm-hmm. because of that. Wow. So, yeah smart. Yeah, some people luck out, some people don't. Right. You know, they do that 10% thing all the time for the top leading actors uh-huh. because they're trying to get by on uh, budget, you know. So, but um Harvey Stevens who played Damien the child was uh largely chosen for this role from the way he acted towards Richard Donner during the auditions. So it's said that Donner asked all the little boys to come at him, like attack him. Oh. As if, as if they were attacking Catherine Thorne during the church wedding scene where they take Damien to the church mm-hmm. and he freaks out. And Stevens, the kid that played Damien, screamed and clawed at Donner's face and kicked him in the groin <laughs> during this, <laughs> this moment. And Donner whipped the kid off of him, ordered the kid's blonde hair be dyed black and then said, he's the one. So they cast <laughs> was him. It
0: black? I thought it was like brown. Eh,
1: well, you wanted it black, I guess, because, you know.
0: It didn't look black. Satan. Yeah, I know, but it didn't look black.
1: Satan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but it didn't look black.
1: I thought so. Anyway, Damien was originally going to be called Domlin in the book when this was first getting written or the screenplay, and uh, until writer David Seltzer's wife suggested that they change it to Damien.
0: Yeah, because that name's kind of well, I don't,
1: a... I don't know if she said Damien, but she said it needs to be something different. Domlin is not.
0: Right, because that's a very specific name, so it's right. obvious who that person it's is. A good
1: thing, because Damien yeah. is pretty... That's a huge, like, whenever anybody says Damien, the first thing you think of is The Omen.
0: Well, now you do.
1: And Satan. Yeah, Yeah. of course. But I'm just saying that's how epic this movie is and how big it was. It had that much of an impact on society. Right. You know, one of Richard Donner's first requests to screenwriter David Seltzer was to remove all suggestions of the supernatural, such as cloven hoof demons and witches and covens. The golden rule was nothing was allowed in the script that couldn't happen in real life. The idea was oh. that there should be some sort of degree of doubt of whether or not Thorne was deranged. And he was just making this all up in his head because there's that moment when they go to the fucking place in Israel. Uh-huh. Or was it Israel or was it Italy? Italy. Uh huh. Where he gets the knives. Oh, okay. Wherever he, I can't remember, my mind's twisting things a little bit, but he has that moment where he's like, No, I'm not going to kill a child. Right. Like, I don't want to kill a child. This is crazy talk. And then the reporter's like, I'll take it and, you know, I'll do it if you won't. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Plus, Richard Donner and Harvey Bernhard asked Alan Ladd Jr., the head of the 20th Century Fox, at the time for extra money during this film's post-production period to hire composer Jerry Goldsmith.
0: Good thing.
1: Yeah, they strongly felt that his music was right for the movie and damn, were they right. Boy, oh boy, were they right! Um, they saw apparently saw him perform a live concert at the Hollywood Bowl earlier that year, and Lad was finally talked into giving Donner and Bernard Bernhard around twenty five thousand to hire Goldsmith, who would deliver his first and only Academy Award for his uh, uh, score in 1977. So Donner credits the success of the film to Goldsmith's score, which increased the tension and the fear of the movie, and I definitely
0: agree. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't
1: think that movie would have been nearly as good if it wasn't for that music. I agree. And and he only got paid 25K.
0: He should have taken that 10%. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Right, he should have gotten a percentage of the movie. I yeah, mean, he Jesus, was... like, I mean, he
0: wanted an Oscar. I mean, I yeah, that doesn't. Well, I mean,
1: he definitely got more work because of it, right? But just think about like the actor got more than the fucking guy who made the movie what it was, right? You know what I mean? It's Hollywood. I'm just saying. Maybe it's because I'm a I'm a producer and I write music that it kind of, oh, you know, kind of investors. like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they get enough credit. That's all I'm saying. Because like you think of movies like Mandy. All about the music, right there. Right, the tension, the vibe, the feel. Color out of space. The tension, the vibe, the feel. Right there. Uh huh. That's like half the movie. Right. You could have farts on the screen if you put great music to it. It would sound epic. You know what I mean? Like, you would watch it. What? <laughs> oh God! Well, I watched that one movie that about the guy who dies and then he rides him. It's called Swiss Army Man, and then he uses farts to like. Sk-
0: oh yeah. Which
1: it, by the end of the movie almost made me cry. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> Um also in the movie they talk about Father Brennan's quotation about the eternal sea that's not in the Bible
0: right <laughs> yeah
1: it's just something written for the movie to make it sound spicy
0: <laughs> It totally does. because they
1: bring it up like twice you know when they read back on all the text and stuff like that so it's kind of interesting why they chose to make it saucy like that instead of actually using scripture right I don't know but this is uh, one of the many supposed curse films as I mentioned earlier so we're Going to go over some of those. This is all detailed in the new Shudder series called Cursed Films. So some of the information that you're going to be hearing about that will be coming from directly from that, which is a pretty cool show if you haven't seen it. And it talks in uh on many different movies as well. So it's not just this one it's that, many
0: that twilight zone one
1: that was that fucked was up.
0: fucked up i had no idea
1: yeah that one i i, I forgot really, about that oh, one
0: sorry i didn't mean to no, no. soil the mood but jesus christ if you haven't seen the twilight zone one oh my god so
1: i definitely think you should check that one out at least at the very least but right. this one if you haven't seen it and you want to skip ahead a little bit that's fine um a lot of the attention to the supposed cursed on this movie the omen was because they had a religious advisor named robert munger who was a part of like religion like he was
0: He's part of religion he was a
1: pastor yeah. I just can't remember Catholic, what like a visor. I, I but he was an actual ordained minister maybe I think they said, I can't remember if he was a priest, a pastor or a minister. Mm -hmm. There's three. (laughs) So I can't remember. But his name was Robert Munger. And he had uh, stated early on that if you're going to dabble, and I'm paraphrasing here, in this type of film, you're essentially inviting the devil in and bad things will happen. But that was enough to kind of start the whole idea of a curse. And that's when things started popping up. Shortly before the film got made, even Mm -hmm. one of the first incidents or rather coincidence, I should say, that happened is that Gregory Peck's plane was struck by lightning in one of his trips for this movie. Wasn't
0: it on his way there?
1: They didn't specify that, but I mean, I could probably look into it to find out, but I didn't see it anywhere. So then the writer David Seltzer's plane a few days later was also struck. And it's like, it's very rare that planes get struck like that. You know what I mean? It happens. It's not like that rare. But not
0: too. For the
1: same cast and same people working on the film. So people were like, whoa, that's weird. Okay. The other spooky thing that I thought was really crazy is that Gregory Peck, while on location shooting in Italy, also canceled a flight out of there and took another one. And five Japanese businessmen took it. And that plane crashed. It crashed because it hit birds on liftoff and then crashed at the end of the runway, skidding out into a road, hitting a station wagon that didn't kill the people inside. That was his wife and children, the pilot's wife and children. It's just weird. They had just dropped the pilot off and then they crashed into and and he died. Right. So crazy. It's crazy. It's really weird. Like, what? What? Then Mace Newfield, who was the executive producer of The Omen, was in England at uh, Piccadilly Circus, which is like this big area, and they were staying at a hotel, and there was a restaurant they were supposed to go to like a block and a half away, and a bomber set off a bomb that killed a bunch of people, and he was supposed to be at this specific, specific restaurant, but didn't go, and that's one of the restaurants that got blown up.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So it's like this whole thing is happening and people are getting fucking crazy. I mean, like, after hearing about four of these coincidences or what would we call it? Uh, synchronicity. Uh-huh. You know, because, like, I think it's like more than three coincidences in a row. hmm It becomes synchronicity, meaning that you're either on the right path or in for a really big disaster. <laughs> Richard Donner also got a lot of threats in the mail during the making of this film. And one of them he had always remembered was that one of them were saying that because they were kind of there was a lot of films out in the 60s and 70s about Satanism that were really painting it a different light than it really was.
0: And were the Satanists the ones who were threatening them? They,
1: they made it seem like that, but they didn't specify. So I'm just assuming that they, it could have been both. I mean, it could have been religious people saying because the Pope and, like, you know, like in Italy didn't want this movie to be made because they thought it was dabbling in shit they shouldn't be dabbling in. Plus, they were putting up news articles about the making of this film all the time that was, like, warning people. So there was, like, people from all over including, I'm sure, Satanists, who have never been painted in the proper light. There is Satanism that doesn't even believe in supernatural forces whatsoever. Right. So, I mean, that's something that a lot of people don't realize. They think, oh, well, you just spray, a you know, the Mother Mary with blood and you're good and, you know, worship Satan. Like, no, there's different types of, of that.
0: Right. Just like Christianity.
1: But, yeah, I don't know. But it's he. They, one of them said that they, wanted to, they were going to have his blood spill in the streets or something like that. Right. The blood would, his blood would flow in the
0: streets, (laughs) and he
1: just laughed about it. I guess, kind of like whatever.
0: In one ear, out the other.
1: They also talk about how maybe this wasn't even a curse at all, because everybody actually, for the most part, survived, and and they had avoided disaster,
0: and it became a successful movie,
1: right? And it was like almost like Satan himself was kind of helping make sure this movie got made.
0: Maybe he just was unsure he about how it was gonna come about right <laughs> then he was like okay this is fine <laughs> let it be well, i would
1: think he would be more calculated like reading the future and shit so he prevented it
0: well i don't he can they she see, whatever can they see the future <laughs> what, satan? what are they a psychic satan what? Satan's a psychic
1: i mean if he exists i would assume probably <laughs> i mean i don't know your guess is as good as mine There are some other trivia bits that I'll get into, but for now, we're going to jump into some of our scenes to try to get through this. I know this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode for you guys because there's just so much information about this movie, and there's so much that we want to talk about, and it's not like we're going to be able to go back and do another episode on this again. So we got to give it the BTV treatment. If you ever want to skip to anything, you can always go down to the timestamps down below, and that will tell you everything that you need to know to skip to the next movie and hear us talk about that too. So just just so you know. But some of the scenes that we want to talk about what was the first thing? I remember the first thing you pointed out in the movie. What do you want to talk about first? Like, like what was the scene that the you... The very
0: first thing, it was Rome, June 6th, 6, the sixth month of the sixth day, of the sixth hour. Yeah. Six, six, six. Yeah. <laughs> six, 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 the mark of the
1: beast. <laughs> uh. Is it off? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's where he gets the baby switched. He finds out that his baby didn't survive. And they were going to give them this other baby, which is really highly suspect. And then he even asked, can I see the baby?
0: Right. But in the book, in the book, it it really focused on she couldn't have a baby and she she had a bunch of miscarriages. So that's why, like, during that scene, you could tell, like, he really wanted her to have this baby and she didn't know it was it wasn't dead yet. Right. So Hmm. that kind of lacked in the movie, that explanation about the baby.
1: Well, they didn't have it in there at all. They pretty much just said she miscarried. Right. Which you find out later that she cave, they caved its head in and fucking replaced the baby.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: we should have made, like, an Easter egg with, like, a hole in it. Like, you know, <laughs> the baby brains horse or something.
0: shot out of that? <laughs> 666,
1: the mark of the tasty beast brains. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Tasteful, Alex. Tasteful. Um... <laughs> I remember there was that one scene where they're talking about going over to the U.S. because he's, he's become the ambassador for England, which is huge. Like, if you're going to be an ambassador, that's a huge fucking place mm-hmm. to be an ambassador. Like, you're going to be doing a lot of daily things over there, not like, you know— some other country
0: right but he only got that position because he was the president's godson or something right
1: i know he earned it straight up
0: oh
1: you're thinking of the new movie the remake oh but they're talking about him going back to the u.s for some reason i don't know what it was and then suddenly they can't find damien anywhere and he's by a they're by a fucking river (laughs) a lake a running water and a toddler who's like two years old Walk barely able to walk, and they just let him run off on his own near a fucking river. (laughs) And he was like hiding behind a tree. He's like,
0: (laughs) "Wee!" And she's like, "Oh my god!" That was a weird. That was a weird scene.
1: Yeah, that was. It's just weird.
0: It's like they were treating him like he was a dog. Like he was just supposed to follow them.
1: Yeah, good parents leave toddlers (laughs) by running water. By the way,
0: yeah, yeah, you should put him on a leash.
1: I know, like at least, like tie something around its neck so it doesn't get any.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't. Hang itself in the river. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but.
0: So then it was his birthday party?
1: Yeah, it was the the roof scene where the, the nanny. Yes. you want to talk about it?
0: Yeah, because the, the, the nanny, the, the young one, she had been carrying him around. And you could tell she was the nanny from like when he was a baby because they showed like they did the whole the time lapse of him growing up or whatever. And the nanny was always there, this young nanny. Mm-hmm. And. Catherine, the mom, she gets jealous and she takes date once. Damien takes date Damien, and then all of a sudden you see the nanny. This do- the hellhound comes out of nowhere. What kind of dog was that?
1: It was a Rottweiler. Oh, rot- rot- rot-
0: rot- rot- Rottweiler. They start the the dog starts talking to her, like you know. She just the turns wires. her head yeah, like, like a dog like, oh, does. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Scooby. <laughs> Yeah, then all of a sudden you see her on the the roof. It's all for you, Damien. Yeah, that classic scene. I love you. And then uh, and then she jumps off and, oh, she hits the window. She goes through the window. And she that hangs herself, house.
1: swings into the window. Her legs all flip-flop around Flippity, like crazy. Flippity, floppity. Yeah, she's all spaghetti legs.
0: <laughs> that beautiful house. It was a beautiful, gorgeous house. Th- that's a
1: house? That's a man. That's like a fucking, like, like... Do you know how much, how living is out in England, by the way? Like, it's everybody lives in smaller. They don't live in big places like that.
0: Whoa. So for the
1: ambassador of England to live in like something that's almost like the fucking goddamn Queen of England's house, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's gigantic. Like, that's huge. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. I just doubt that they would live in something like that.
0: But it was cool to see the nanny. Right.
1: Know? And you had something to, to compare it to in the book that you wanted to talk about that you wish they would have added in the movie.
0: Oh, so before all this happened, when Catherine took... Damien they actually went to they had a fortune teller tent set up so they went into the fortune teller thing and the fortune teller didn't see prints on his palms yeah, he didn't fi- or have any his fingerprints. Any and they didn't have in his the, fingers. Yeah, lines on his palms. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. I wish they would have kept that in there. And then.
1: How would they have done it, though? And
0: yeah. then uh Catherine was like, oh, we're here to. I'm here to. What's his fortune? We're here to hear his fortune. And that's when the nanny's like, Damien, Damien. So it kind something. of thwarts the plans yeah, the, of, like, finding
1: out. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And I i really. That was a really good part of the book. I wish they would have kept it in the hmm. movie. It is a
1: little weird that they're doing that at a child's birthday party, though, isn't it?
0: Well, I don't know for that. um,
1: I'm just saying for 1975 or six, like,
0: I don't know, because it was kind of like a game type of thing, like, because they had like carnival. It was like they didn't really
1: believe in it necessarily. But I I would think people are more susceptible to being scared of that back then than they are now. Really?
0: I I I don't. Not the 70s. I don't think so.
1: One of the things I also loved in this movie is that they kind of like bring this photographer journalist guy in.
0: Right.
1: And they kind of set it up. How they set it up in the story is really cool. Like so, you know, like even the the ambassador, the father walks into him, knocking his camera down, sort of suspending your disbelief that 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 it's just the camera fucking up. So you see when he takes pictures of the father Brennan, is it? Yeah. Father Brennan, he takes pictures. He sees a spike over him. And I loved how they used that in the film. Right. Where he took pictures of the nanny, too, who hung herself. And you could see the line and you could see the spike for the fucking Father Brennan when he dies later. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was really cool because it kind of like puts that piece, that little tiny piece. It's just subtle nuance.
0: Uh Oh,
1: well, he dropped his camera. So that's why it's doing that. Right. Yeah. But he used several different rolls of film or different cameras and it's still doing it. Yeah. So I just thought that was really cool. I did, too.
0: I did, too. And to have that other element of... Just this random person getting involved.
1: Right. What did you think of the scene when they take him to the church?
0: Stupid. <laughs>
1: Your stupid. son might be an antichrist, Jeff.
0: <laughs> if he throws a tantrum in the car. I didn't even think it was that violent. Did you?
1: Well, she scratched her face and repeatedly hit her.
0: Well, toddler.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's a little bit more than normal. It's a little bit outside of his normal behavior, right?
0: Oh, okay, I guess. Maybe he just didn't want to go to church. Well, obviously he didn't want to go to church. He would have burst into flames or something. Well, then there was that scene <laughs> with
1: the red baboon-ass protest against Damien, where the, the baboons all tacked the car and shit. Yeah. Which was kind of funny. I mean, like, it's kind of freaky how they got that to do. Apparently, they were trying to, like, anger the monkeys, and somehow they took the leader of the pack, and that's when all the monkeys went crazy.
0: Oh, is that how they did it?
1: Yeah, because they took one of the babies, and then mm-hmm. that did, they didn't care. Hmm. But when they took the, the, the main one, that's when all the monkeys, like, went wild. Mm-hmm. And that scene where shit—the mom's screaming and shit—that's real terror. She is absolutely one hundred percent feared for her life.
0: Right? Because didn't the car stall? She can't get the car started.
1: I, I don't remember hearing that, but I definitely heard that they. She was scared. Plus, there was like another little bit in the curse thing where they would talk about the animal handler who handled those monkeys. Right. Was eaten by a tiger directly after they they left <laughs> shooting there.
0: Sorry, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I shouldn't laugh.
1: Well, that added to the whole fucking mythos of the curse and like the validity of the curse.
0: Right.
1: Um, of course, you get to meet Father Brennan a little bit more. He's the guy who's always telling the father to kill Damien or Damien will kill his unborn child and his wife because she's pregnant and he's he doesn't know this yet. And I thought that was kind of an interesting scene.
0: Right. And she wanted to get an abortion.
1: Right. But she didn't find he didn't find she didn't even tell him that she was pregnant yet yep. and that, you know, he should go to the town of Megiddo to learn how to kill the kill Damien. And that's when the wind picks up and and uh, the father leaves because he's pissed off. And then the the priest runs to his destiny the the you know the spike from all the photos comes true and he's shish (laughs) (laughs)
0: Shish, (laughs) caprice
1: the fucking lightning strikes the fence it strikes the pole on top of the thing it's
0: like one of those uh those those games you know where you the motion it's kind of
1: silly if you think about it too that motion because like if you if that was falling you wouldn't go
0: yeah he was just like looking at it he was just looking up at it it's like why did not you just move one step to the side right
1: and get your arm co- caught off instead of your fucking whole body yeah but i mean yeah i get it you know it's like it's a hard <laughs> it
0: was fun. it was good it was a good scene it was a
1: really cool scene i liked it
0: in the book the spear went through his head
1: that would have been way yeah that cooler. would have been cool
0: but i'm sure that's technically like technical to do
1: no, I probably just might have been pushed it over the R rating that they were trying to go for. Oh, yeah. Because it is surprising that this entire franchise is and remains rated R. Right. By the M- MSRP. MSRP. I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> 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 I don't even remember what M- MSRP is, but I know <laughs> they don't rate It's
1: not maybe. for <laughs> that. Yeah, I'm just being stupid. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, um, MSRP stands for Manufacture Suggested Retail Price.
0: <laughs> somebody used to work retail
1: the mpaa is the the ratings board.
0: oh those are the cunts
1: yeah well it's not well, some of them i guess you know <laughs> motion picture association of america cunts yeah remember there was that documentary about the whole fucking thing
0: yeah i remember
1: um anyway guys um
0: so then then the mom she's on like the second floor watering plants
1: well, there's an important piece you're forgetting oh, that the sorry. father finds out that the wife is pregnant and then he goes home and then she tells him. And then immediately he finds out that the priest is dead because he had left there before he died. Right. So it's like this big piece that's like all coming together now. Like Damien really is the son of Satan. He foretold all this shit, you know, even says that in the movie. He's like, it was foretold that my you know, wife would die and da, 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 da. Um, but Yeah. I thought this is where the new nanny, the Scary Poppins, we keep calling her, is really shines in this moment because you were about to talk about her fixing the plants or something.
0: Yeah, she's like watering the plants and Damien. Dusting. Yeah, Damien's in the room with uh, the nanny, Scary Poppins.
1: Yeah, and she's like orgasmically smiling at Damien's work as he slams into his mommy on the stool on the tricycle. Right. And in the in the new one is something different. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. It's confusing because these movies are so similar.
0: Very similar, yeah. but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I'm sure we won't talk as much about that one as we do this one. But yeah, the uh, Damien's on his tricycle and knocks her over and she, she, she falls, but she grabs onto the banister. Forget what she says. She's like, Damien, help me, help me. me. <laughs> I, I don't know fall. if she says
1: help me. She does not the new <laughs> yeah. one. It's so confusing.
0: But anyway, but it was a really cool shot because when she was falling. They did... show the
1: fishbowl, hit the ground yeah. first.
0: Yeah, the fishbowl.
1: Yeah. And then she falls.
0: Yeah. And then she fell on but the floor. But the camera
1: work they did on it, you said you really liked.
0: Yeah, I did really like it. Because it, it, it stayed with her.
1: Right. It kind of like.
0: Until she It's almost like you're grounds. like
1: exactly attached to her as she's falling. Yeah. Yeah, they, it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and I, and they probably did it the way they did it is probably tied anchored the the camera to the the same ropes that were holding her
0: right
1: to bring her down
0: right. It was cool,
1: but the fish that the 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 interesting story on the fish in the bowl, by the way, yeah, they were real fish, but they were dead fish because they we're sardines.
0: Okay,
1: they literally painted dead like canned sardines.
0: <laughs> orange.
1: Orange. Yeah, and the reason that they did that is because Donner refused to kill real fish cuz they wanted that's to good. use real fish.
0: Right, that's
1: so, good. So, kudos on him, I yeah. guess. That's you know, that bats back in the 70s. Yeah. So think about that. I
0: didn't I didn't I couldn't even tell. I would have thought those damn things were real.
1: Right. <laughs> um, there was another scene that um, the journalist from earlier and the father work together and they go to Italy to find out, you know, all traces of everything that have been burned, like the hospital where he got the, the adoption from. Um,
0: and there was a cool-ass elevator in the hospital. Yeah,
1: they had the, like, consistently running up, like, elevator yeah. where you just step in. Yeah,
0: you had to hop on a step and it would just take you.
1: Yeah, I just imagine <laughs> someone's legs getting crushed off well, or something. Well, they
0: don't use them anymore, so... Yeah, obviously, for yeah. the right
1: reasons. <laughs> Plus, they, they do talk about the the padre who, who did uh Sp- Spitoletto mm-hmm. or what a Spiletto Yeah, Spiletto He was the guy that gave him the baby in the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and was somehow connected to um, the, the misdeed of killing his child and such right,
0: and to brennan and
1: right which makes you wonder because like there's this sect of people who believed in satan so much more than they did god so the father brennan was part of that he was part of killing yeah, the child yeah and so was spiletto so they technically were agents of satan
0: right but it's weird because there's this weird in between uh, thing that happened it's in the book what? There's Go this, ahead. No, it's it, there's this weird in between. Like they they started out, you know. Are on you the talking road about in the very beginning road. of the book? No, it's mid book. They talk about it how they they started out um, on the road to God, and they got their father or priesthood or whatever, and then they just kind of descended. That's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Okay. And then they ended up like the and then there's this this uh, coven or something and they ended up in the satanic coven type of thing. It's uh, really weird, but I'm pretty sure. Sp- well, I Bren- haven't finished the book yet, but Spoleto, th- I'm pretty sure he rode between both.
1: Okay, so Spoleto was the the guy that got burned. He got burned in the hospital in the movie, right? And also Brennan was the guy who was trying to get get back in God's graces and try to save the 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 father and his family from the child to pay his penance for losing faith in God and and going towards Satan mm-hmm. which is an interesting subplot that you don't really think about too mm-hmm. too much. You kind of figure it out. But um they go to him and they find out that he was in the fire of the hospital, the original fire that went burned from the basement where the files were, all the way up to the third floor where Padre was, Spileto, and he got like a burned face with like a melty eye, and all he can do is <laughs> scribble with a fucking piece of char charcoal. <laughs> like don't they have pencils over there? Like,
0: <laughs> we gotta make a creepy, we gotta use some crayon chalk.
1: <laughs> Some, some some uh some
0: cranny chalk <laughs>
1: cranny chalk what the fuck are you talking about they use fucking uh charcoal
0: oh i don't know whatever
1: yeah but anyway he all scribbles out some fucking name of some cemetery and they go there uh and find that that a dog is they find out the name of the woman who died on that day and where they buried her and the child that she had supposedly that they transferred
0: Mm-hmm. And, and she was supposed to be a jackal.
1: He called uh, the photo- or the father Brennan called her a jackal in the beginning, right? But we can't hear it. It gets it gets cut off.
0: Yeah, we thought he said witch.
1: Yeah, well, we couldn't hear it originally. Yeah, we, we didn't find out until watching the remake what he actually said. Right which they made it a point to point make it so you could hear it this time. <laughs> uh, but this one, he's like, he digs up the the woman's grave and finds a fucking jackal in place, a dog, and his child in the other one with a smashed in skull. And then a bunch of Rottweilers come out of nowhere and start attacking, attacking him. At and to be honest, part. like that scene was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Like they were real dogs, like aggressively coming at people, like uh, uh, like legitimately biting onto, you know, the foam-padded arms and legs and shit like that. But it was like a really technical scene. Animals are not easy to fucking shoot, nor are children. And this movie had both. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's when they go back to the hotel all wounded, and uh, you find out that the Scary Poppins shows up to the hospital and essentially gets all creepy and pushes the mom out into uh, of the window because she's in the hospital from falling. Uh-huh. She miscarried. And then she's got a broken arm and he's like, you need to come here now. And Scary Poppins shows up and she's like, pushes her out a window and she crushes into a fucking ambulance, which is awesome.
0: It is. But it's kind of weird how Miss Baylock, Scary Poppins, just shows up to the hospital like out of nowhere. Right. Well, I was like, does she teleport there? Like, what's going on?
1: And they try to disprove a lot of that stuff in the uh, in the new one. Right. But we'll talk about that. It's so hard not to now. Because I'm coming right. up with these revelations as we're, like, doing this.
0: Right, but that's why I wanted to make a point of it.
1: Right. Um, by the way, um, the Megiddo, with the, the Father Brennan talks about, tells him to go to to get this place, is a real place in, in uh, Israel. Uh-huh. It is short for Armageddon, according to the Book of Revelations in the New Testament of the Christian Bible. Uh, Armageddon, a.k.a. Megiddo, is the prophesized location of the gathering of armies for a battle that during the end times, essentially. Variously interpreted as either a literal or symbolic location, the term is also used in a generic sense to refer to any end-of-the-world scenario. In Islamic theology, the Armageddon is also mentioned in Hadith as the greatest Armageddon or the great battle.
0: Do they really film it there no it was it was
1: it was close
0: oh okay but But no cigar
1: yeah they also described that place as a mountain but they had unearthed a place in israel right that was south of israel i guess or you know the yes one of the main cities i'm pretty sure um that they found this place megiddo Uh so it is a real place and it's it's a hearth they call it a hearth so it's like a hill Not a mountain, like they describe in the Bible.
0: Well, that doesn't very so much apocalyptic.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's still a great battle took place there, supposedly, for the the souls of humanity. I don't know. It's
0: going to take place there, even When Jesus and the Son of Satan come back to Earth. All right. They're going to fight for our souls. Settle down,
1: settle down, (laughs) Tinfoil. Anyway, the reporter journalist, uh, there's a scene where he gets decapitated after the father tells him he can't kill the child. And he throws the daggers. He goes to pick them up individually. And then oh. you see like this like whole Final Destination moment take place. <laughs> like, And you know the Final Destination got some fucking tips from this one.
0: <laughs> totally. You
1: know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. It's in all these films that mm-hmm. they borrow shit right. from this movie and Rosemary's Baby. Right. Um, but yeah, like this guy gets out of his truck. He accidentally hits the parking brake. The truck goes down the hill with a bunch of glass on the back. It hits a fucking wooden thing. The glass gets
0: slid off s- the truck. Right. And just, and then reek,
1: reek, reek, you see his head rolling across the top of the fucking like, glass.
0: Oh, rolling. It's rolling, pretty cool. Rolling, rolling. It's a pretty cool, was, scene. A cool scene. And I,
1: I thought he was one of the best actors in the movie. Oh, totally. The journalist. I can't think of his name offhand but yeah he was really good in it the interesting thing about that is that after the they they wrapped on shooting for the movie they had a similar thing oh happened
0: right. to one of the people who
1: worked on it um so the effects supervisor john richardson had an, an automobile accident in which his fiance was decapitated in the same manner they hit that's a truck so, or something like that
0: that's so crazy because not too many people get decapitated like do you know anyone who has been decapitated well they'd be not anymore you know what i mean
1: (laughs) i try not to think about death too much christina
0: oh sorry
1: no i don't know anybody that's been decapitated oh and i haven't had a conversation with anyone that has either
0: oh well if you if anyone out there (laughs) knows anyone
1: and if you were decapitated please (laughs) let us know please reach out type down in the comment section down below and let.
0: But anyway, that's weird.
1: Yeah, and the fucking even crazier thing you you think that's bad, right? Check this out. It happened near a sign that said "Omen sixty six point six kilometers."
0: Wasn't it spelled like O M M E N N? It was O
1: M M E N sixty six point six kilometers. So weird. Like really? How
0: convenient.
1: That's like, that's like the devil going, "Yo, <laughs> you like my work?" <laughs> motherfucker he's like flapping his fucking red cock in their faces you know what i mean like that's just just flip flapping that thing against his belly and against the back of his tail (laughs) right between his butt cheeks all
0: right there calm down (laughs) okay okay you don't need sound effects for that. I
1: kind of wonder if the tip of his penis is like okay. a spade. It's like a spade. I
0: enjoyed my decapitation talk better than you talking about Satan's penis.
1: <laughs> well, because you know how they always depict the tail? It's always got that, like, spade on the end, like the like the symbol. What if his tip of his penis is just like that?
0: I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Maybe you should summon him. Summon him he had the gun. He put it in my mouth. And he made me fuck her.
1: Maybe it's like that. That's what his dick looks like is the seven dick.
0: Right. <laughs> okay.
1: Alright, just things you think about, guys. Anyway, so so Scary Poppins gets stabbed in the neck and trying to protect Damien from his father because the father's ready to kill him after all of this. He's like, I gotta do it.
0: But he has to drag him to a church because he won't die unless he's consecrated kill him on, ground, maybe yeah, consecrated ground.
1: Gotta get to that consecrated ground. Mm-hmm. But then of course, you know, he gets th- the, the plans get thwarted because the police show up and shoot him. <laughs>
0: figures fucking police always shooting people
1: yeah well i mean he was gonna kill a child in their eyes they weren't really thinking about if he was the son of satan <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're doing a good job I mean, really
0: sometimes cops are just let people kill children okay, they're doing the, <laughs>
1: they're doing the good dark lord's work for them <laughs> so but yeah so that's how the movie ends well I mean, no
0: no it didn't end like that because then they zoomed on that they're at the funeral um, and the damon's holding the hand of, of the, the President, President of the United States of America. Of America. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it was, uh, yeah. Which leads into the, the future movies, I think the third one in particular.
0: Can't wait to watch them.
1: Yeah, I'm so that one's with
0: Sam Neill. Wasn't it Sam Neill? Sam Neill.
1: Anyway, guys, I'm sorry if we bored you on that one, um, but it's, it's just so much information. It's it like kind of lot. fun to talk about. It you really know?
0: was. I had a lot of fun like getting oh, into yeah. all the stuff.
1: Me too. So I hope you guys enjoyed that too. But we do have the remake to talk about, and this one will probably be a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a heads up on that one. So
0: I have the info.
1: Okay, go ahead. Jump into it, baby.
0: The info about The Omen 2006. It was released brilliantly on six. Zero six zero six. That's June 6 thousand six, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> in
1: case you thought it was in nineteen oh six.
0: I'm just gonna skip the synopsis. The tagline for this film, because it's different, was his day will come. Also, from the eternal sea he rises.
1: <laughs> oh god, they used the fake script.
0: <laughs> they totally did.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: Um this remake was directed by John Moore. He also did Max Payne from two thousand eight, Behind Enemy Lines, and A Good Day to Die Hard. Bad <laughs> <laughs> <That> written-
1: <laughs> <That> name, dude.
0: <laughs> written by David Seltzer, we know. Yeah. This remake stars. It's
1: a good day to die hard. <laughs> it sounds like a porno, you know what I mean? Like, it really
0: does. Um, this get movie- fucked to
1: death by some fucking. Satan bitch. Are you done? Okay, good.
0: <laughs> this movie stars uh Lee Schre- Yeah,
1: it's really weird to say his name, Lee Schreiber. Really I think you said it right. I think
0: I did say mm-hmm. it right. Thank you. He played Robert Thorne. He also played Victor Creed in all the Wolverine movies. Snickety, <laughs> snickety. He recently he re- recently was Ray Donovan in the Ray Donovan TV show and um,
1: Phantoms, which is one of my favorite.
0: Mhm. And he was in Scream, like all of them. And he was also in the first twilight i did not know that
1: huh by the way if you guys like the thing type movies definitely watch oh, phantoms. phantoms it's a it's a book by dean Koontz that i read early on and i really loved and the movie is very almost
0: oh, insanely true to it oh that's cool
1: it gets a little wound up at the end but definitely check it out if you can it's got ben affleck leave schreiber and what's that girl's name i can't think of it but it's it's really cool
0: oh, okay um Catherine Thorne is played by Julia Stiles. Ugh. She was in 10 Things I Hate About You. That's the one. That's the one. Um, that more. they
1: spoofed in uh, a Not Another Movie. Not Another Teen Movie.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was a popular movie. Uh, more recently, she was in that Riviera TV show, and she's been in all the Bourne movies. Born mm. Supremacy, Jason I'm not a fan Bourne, of her. Where, I'm not either. I thought it was... When I saw her name, I thought it was somebody else, but really, I really want to punch her in the face. I, it's
1: weird, right? Like, there's it some really aggressiveness, and like, I don't know yeah, why. Yeah,
0: there's aggressiveness. It's probably
1: from watching The Omen.
0: <laughs> probably.
1: It's got me, Satan in me.
0: <laughs> Satan, hold me back! Seamus <laughs> so. Davy Fitzpatrick plays Damien. He played. He also played a teenage teenage Bobby Fisher in Pawn Sacrifice from 2014, and he's also been on Guiding Light. Okay. So he continues to act. Um, David. Um, go played? ahead. Sorry, David- I was going to say
1: unfortunately, but I was just oh. joking. Then I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that. That's not very tasteful. That's not
0: very nice. <laughs> You'll cut that out. Okay. David Thorliss pl- plays Keith Jennings. He was in the Island of Dr. Moreau, A Big Lebowski. Hmm. He's been in. The Harry Potter movies. <laughs> Most recently, he was in the first season of Fargo. Um, he was also been in Justice League, the movie. And then he he does a voice uh, in that big mouth show on Hulu. OK, that those animated shows. Yeah, right, you right, like.
1: right. Yeah. I, well, that's not one of them that I watch necessarily.
0: Oh, I thought it would have been just
1: because it's animated. I like it. Come yes. on. There's a fucking little <laughs> bit of nuance there. You know?
0: <laughs> All right. And then we have Mia Farrow. Who plays Miss Baylock, the what do we call her nanny? Yeah, scary, scary Papa. Popkins. Well, she's not I'm really, sorry. she's
1: different. I have a thing I'll talk about.
0: Okay. Of course, she was in Rosemary's Baby. Right. She also played Peter Pan in 1976. Totally forgot about that. That mm-hmm. kind of helped her out. She's been in a lot of Woody Allen movies from the 80s, including Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, okay. Her and Woody Allen were together for 10 years. Did you know their son Ronan is a journalist who was credited for writing allegations of sexual abuse amongst the film producer Harvey Weinstein? Whoa. He wrote those articles. They never got married. They were together for 12 years. Right. And they never got married, which I also found was interesting. But did you know that Mia Farrow was married to Frank Sinatra for two years? I totally forgot about that. So I thought that was really interesting. She's had a really interesting life, but anyway. Okay, this Omen remake. The budget on it was twenty-five million dollars, and it made a hundred and nineteen million dollars worldwide.
1: Worldwide.
0: Worldwide, one nineteen.
1: I wonder what it made worldwide for the other one.
0: Yeah, because I, I domestically
1: find a, it made sixty million here, so right. it, was, it was close to sixty million. It was like fifty-eight.
0: Right. So you know it was more than that.
1: But they also talked about that the the original movie was made on like. What was it? Twenty uh, five, two point five million,
0: right? And they yeah, spent 5.
1: nearly twice that um, for advertising of the movie as well. Mm-hmm. But they also got like fucking thousands of. <laughs> you know, millions of dollars worth of advertising just based on the fucking curse shit alone. Right,
0: exactly. But they, on
1: top of it, so they spent like a pow- about $5 million just to advertise for that movie. So technically that movie was made on about $8 million if you factor in the, the advertising, right. the original one. And uh-huh. this one had to spend way more just to get to the numbers of mm-hmm. the old one, which... Back then, hitting those numbers is pretty unheard of. Where hitting 60 million these days is like a drop in the bucket. Like, right. that's like, Right.
0: if it really you don't is.
1: triple the amount of your budget, including advertising, then they don't get a sequel. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? So, exactly. But what are your thoughts on this remake? Well, why
1: me? What about you?
0: Oh, you want me to? Oh, God. I don't even you know. You tricked
1: me last time.
0: I tricked you. You made
1: me do both the first time. So oh, it's I your turn okay. now. I meant okay. last last episode. Well, it's
0: okay because I'll make it quick. Okay. Because this was like, okay, I've said it before. I like remakes because I like to see interpretations of stories from other people that were influenced by the material. So it's nice to see their take on it. Sure. Uh, but oh my God, I was so disappointed. This was really disappointing. Yeah. I appreciate how they tried to have a different artistic element to it with like using the cloaks and using the color red sequences yeah having that more of the mental state of mind of Catherine, the mother Mm -hmm. i appreciated how they incorporated jump scares in there really because that was a sign of the times they were trying to update it so they were putting in jump scares because that's what everyone was doing
1: yeah which was bad
0: Right, it was. Uh, I thought it was extremely clever to cast me yes. a pharaoh as a Nandi. That's probably the most
1: positive thing they did in this. Film. Yeah, it
0: was brilliant. But I did f- feel like I wanted more from the character then,
1: mm-hmm. or her. Like,
0: yeah, it's, it, she was just lacking. Yeah. Like it was lacking. She I don't even think it was her
1: fault. fault.
0: Oh, I I totally don't think it was her it might have been her age too, because she was in her like late sixties. I don't know what kind of what she could have gotten away with and whatnot. I don't know. But still. Um I, it, it was, was nice to see her, yeah. Yeah. Um sorry. Yeah, but I
1: just want to jump in, you know.
0: It's okay, I'm used to it. Um Thanks. I, are you I to, uh, uh, I'll kill you. Are, gonna say? are you done? <laughs> Are you done? This is why I don't talk that much. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really felt this generation was cut short with this remake. I only gave it three out of ten. Wow. Okay. And we'll get into more of that later. Why I didn't like it that much. Okay, but so that's w- everything. Yeah, that yeah, see quick. Told okay. You, quick. How about you? You're gonna make yours quick?
1: Uh, <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, when this movie came out, remakes were going through this weird transitional period. So, you know, where the normal definition of a remake meant to pretty much repeat the same movie, only updated some. Uh, Although there were examples of movies that did do remakes that were different than the original. It just wasn't popular to do it that way. It was too expensive, too risky. In their minds back then, Uh this was a straight by the book remake, like the true and tried remakes of the past, you know, like whereas like The Blob 1988 did something different uh, and Dawn of the Dead thing and Dawn of the Dead. Exactly. So they pretty much did things differently back then, while some newer movies were actually rewriting the movie to make it stand out as its own. Some prime examples of this in my book around that time were Dawn of the Dead, which me and you talked about briefly. And then, of course, Halloween, which was by Rob Zombie, where the whole term reboot pretty much stemmed from. Like, that's where it first popped up, as I remember everybody saying, reboot, 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 when when uh, Halloween came out. But if you really think about it years earlier, it was Dawn of the Dead that did a reboot. Right. Right. Um, now to be clear about all of this, guys, I'm not one of the, of the people who will damn any and all remakes or reboots. In my opinion, there are some that definitely surpass the originals, and uh, they are few and far between, of course. However, this movie is not one of them, <laughs> so uh, it, we watched this back to back with the original, and I can't tell you how annoying this experience was as a whole. It's practically the same fucking movie with a different coat of paint or actors, I guess, in this case. Uh, Sure, they add some different death scenes to keep it interesting, but that's about it. They have some decent deaths in this one, but in no way does it overshadow the boredom I felt in between. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just felt like it's hard to explain. It's like you would think having Mia Farrow in the mix would make this one amazing. Well, you know, it's a perfect choice. Oh, totally. Because, I mean, even I was comparing it to fucking Rosemary's Baby before you... Even seeing the the remake, and I had seen it in the past, but I just didn't care about it. And I was like, maybe I didn't give it a fair shake. And then now I realize why. Right. But yeah, even Mia Farrow couldn't save it. And while it was a good choice, she was super underutilized. Like, although I I do hear she played the book version slightly better, as in the sweet Irish
0: woman. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Whereas the original, they wanted to make the nanny colder and more distant. Right. Strict. So I like Pharaoh. I just think the original one is better. Right. The child actor was okay. Like, and I didn't really think, I mean, you know, it's kind of shitty to say like a kid actor did a bad job because really like
0: it's a fault. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe, I don't know. It just felt off, you know, personally, Mm -hmm. because even the kid in the original, while much better is still not as present as this one. But I give the win to the original boy more because they knew how to direct him a little bit better, even though he's not like omnipresent. I mean, like he's there, but they right. don't really center the story as much as they do kind of on this one. There's a lot more scenes with him in this in dream sequences or whatever. Also, Liv Schreiber is leave. Schreiber is fine, but I'd much rather watch him being unhinged in a film like phantoms which Mm -hmm. i was mentioning no offense i just didn't think anyone really shined in this one because it just felt so carbon copied as if that i were watching lame as a rob at a high school play you know right like the acting was fine but it was just hard to separate the comparisons of the original in this one because it was so similar down to similar shots even it's like very distracting like the death were the deaths were definitely a plus here. In, there was like two instances where I was like, "Hey, that was a kind of a cool like final destination kind of death." Right. So if you're gonna watch it, I guess the two I liked the scenes were pretty graphic in the new remake, and they're worth seeing just on the mo- on their own. And extreme, you know, like they, they jazz it up a bunch for the fucking time, you know, like they were like 10 years late to the fucking surge, you know,
0: surge. <laughs>
1: Except, you know, like the mom's death was kind of meh in this one. Yeah. It was. I didn't like it. I was like, oh,
0: God. she didn't even fall in an ambulance. Did like, she?
1: it's a, like on paper, maybe they could have done it better. It could have been more intense mm-hmm. and Mia Farrow's in it. So it's like, oh, could be so good and it really wasn't but all in all this just does not have enough for me to warrant a rewatch unless you forgot that the original was like you know like somehow or you're going down the franchise lane maybe rewatch it but it's just gonna it's gonna be a kink i would just if you're gonna watch this series i would just say watch the first one watch the second one the third one the fourth one and then watch the remake because watching them back to back will be a fucking nightmare
0: watch the remake in the background while you're cleaning
1: Yeah, or taking his shit.
0: Yeah. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some two-hour shit. Oh, this was.
1: I mean, the original. Sh- it's like it's shorter than this movie.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say that. It's like twenty yeah. minutes
1: longer on the on this the remake. I For mean, what reason?
0: Her mental flipouts were that long.
1: There was a really cool scene we'll talk about in the scenes that I that I really liked. That was good. It it had. There's some things in it that are good, but with all the carbon copying, it just isn't enough. And that's why I would give this movie like a three point five or a four out of ten. And it's like. You know, never to pick it up again. Like, it's not like it's done wrong. It's just done so similar. And some of the choices they made, like with the dream sequences you were talking about, we were talking about, they just didn't feel like they belonged in the film. Right. It just felt disjointed.
0: It felt like insidious or... um,
1: It's a cool idea that that they were going to add those things, but it just didn't fit. Right. It just didn't fit into the style. This movie has It's none of its own style to, to, you know... Something just off about it. So I would just say watch the original and then watch this one last after you've seen the whole franchise, if you do go down the hole. But I'm looking forward to seeing the other movies more now because of this movie. Me too. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So you gave it a three. I gave it a 3.5. So it's like a 3.25 or 3.5.
0: Pretty bad. Did you find any trivia on this? Yeah,
1: I did find some trivia on it. It's actually kind of interesting. There's not a lot. I mean, I didn't really go digging that deep because, to be honest, like I really just don't like this movie. It pissed me off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, why do you want to like look at anything else? I mean, if we're gonna do do it remake,
1: I'm never gonna do it again. You know. So it's like, at least unless I forget five ten years from now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, so this is the spoiler section. We're going to be talking about some of the trivia in the movie that will probably ruin your experience. If you don't give a shit, stick around. If you do and you want to see the remake and prove me wrong uh, and then not be proven wrong, <laughs> <laughs> then go ahead and watch it and come back. But the timestamps are down below if you want to basically skip over this and catch up at the end of the episode, because we always give you guys information at the end of the episode about what we're going to be doing next. So you have been warned. So the score for this one, which is not good, by the way, I almost forgot to mention that the score in this movie, while it's decent, it's just cookie cutter, unfortunately. And it's not like the guy that did it isn't talented. I'm just saying if you're comparing it to Jerry Goldsmith, woo, it's going to be a hard fucking sell, dude. Sorry. And I felt bad for the guy, but he took it on, man. Sounds good. Just didn't vibe with the movie. Didn't make the movie any better. It was recorded at Abbey Road, and it was made in co-part by the director, mostly the composer Marco Beltrami. It's not bad, like I said, but it's not exactly Jerry Goldsmith, which is arguably one of the greatest scores ever fucking made. You know what I mean? So big shoes to fill. Beltrami uh, does have some pretty big credits, too. He's done Scream 1 through 3. The faculty, Resident Evil, which I thought was done entirely by Marilyn Manson, but I guess he only did parts of it. Makes sense. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. Then Beltrami, I think that was like the first movie he ever did, Mm -hmm. like the music for. Um, I mean, he'd written his own music, I'm just saying for a movie specifically. Yeah, kind of like how Facebook movie. (laughs) Was fucking Nine Inch Nails fucking first. Oh, Trent
0: Reznor? Yeah, Trent Re- right. Well,
1: he did like a video game, but I'm talking like he did Facebook, which nobody would have considered why Trent Reznor would be doing well, a movie about he- Facebook.
0: Well... It's because he's into music and he he wants to continue on doing. So he probably wants to do something different. I'm sure, but I'm just different. saying. You
1: just like as a person who's listened to uh, Nine Inch Nail and 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 was like basically thrown into the industrial scene for the most part, other than Nitzer Ebb, uh, Nights Are Ebb, whatever you want to say it, is because of fucking Pretty Hate Machine. You know, it's like it's weird. You would not think that he would be doing but the score for you, a corporate movie.
0: You can only go further down the spiral for so long. <laughs>
1: All right, that's enough. <laughs> anyway, Beltrami also did movies like Blade Two, Hellboy, and more. so he's good. It's just in my opinion, not beating Jerry's in this remake um some of the uh, another bit of trivia on this is Harry Stevens, who portrayed Damien. We had kind of mentioned this and that he was the the child Damien in the original movie. He appeared in this remake as the tabloid reporter who asked Robert Thorne Lee Schreiber if the deceased nanny was on drugs.
0: And we totally missed it. I totally meant to watch out for that part. And I totally, I totally, I think I was so bored.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, whoop. Yeah. It was not, I mean, there was, it was almost like we were just like kind of seeing how this one was compared to another one. Right. But anyway. The studio originally wanted this movie to receive a PG 13, believe it or not, <laughs> but the producer and director John Moore, thank God, insisted on it being a rated R rating, suggesting people would smell a cop out if a remake of The Omen 1990, 1976 was to receive a family friendly, friendly certificate, which I agree, but like. does it even fucking matter? <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but it it was for the death scenes. They wouldn't have been able Uh, to have those death scenes,
1: which again is very much akin to Final Destination,
0: right? Yeah,
1: Pierce Brosnan and uh, Jim Carrey were considered for the role of Liv Schreiber's uh, Robert Thorne.
0: Could you imagine Jim Carrey? Yeah,
1: I don't know if I could feel that, but that was around the time as internal sunshine of the spotless mind, right?
0: Yeah, where he was trying to get out of the comedy. Yeah, yeah.
1: maybe he was a little more morose at the time because he's a little out there. Uh, I love Jim Carrey, oh, me too. regardless but, yeah, of what woo. people think of him. But um, but maybe Pierce more, I could see, than, than Carrey. Yeah, it just seems weird, but right?
0: they needed... Well, I guess he could have done an American accent.
1: Right. I guess he could. He's done it before. But
0: I don't think people could picture him as an American ambassador. Well, I think his, he's so British. his
1: style of acting matches Gregory Peck more. But he's right. not an, an, a modern sort of version. Right. And they wanted a modern take on this one. So right. they probably went with Leave for that reason. Makes sense. Uh, either way, I mean, I'm no, no offense to Gregory Peck, but it was like, they were good performances. It just wasn't anything like... No,
0: yeah, it wasn't. Well, the character was just a guy. Like, yeah.
1: Like, I mean, the acting's like, good. I didn't really mention that about the original, but it's good, but yeah. it wasn't like, it's more of the story that's in, in right. interesting. Right. So... So now we're going to jump into some of our scenes. That's pretty much all the trivia that I found on this for the most part. There's probably a lot more, but, you know, those Whatever. are the, the interesting ones to me. So in the very beginning, they sort of try to psych your mind with Leave Schreiber's character, Mr. Thorne, who is the dad, being the deputy of the Ambassador of England. And so this is where they sneak in that extra kill in the beginning where the actual ambassador is killed by oh, a gas truck where he's the truck. They have the same scene where the decapitation scene was had Mm -hmm. and they put it in this place only it's a gas truck and it spills all this gas into him and a cigarette that was dropped on the ground five minutes before catches the gasoline on fire and the
0: car explodes.
1: Yeah, and then that's how fucking Robert Thorne becomes the ambassador by proxy Mm -hmm. by by situation
0: that was clever of them to do.
1: Thought that was an interesting dynamic. I mean, it, it, the death was stupid, but it had no yeah. impact on me. <laughs> Him
0: in the car. Oh, oh. <laughs>
1: but it's like, ah, oh, gotcha. Made you think yeah. it was Ooh. going that way, huh? Like, <laughs> nope. why did? Yeah, it was like it's it like a little Easter egg for people to go. Oh, wait, they changed it, you know? Like, and make right. it fun. Uh, I appreciate the attempt because it's the same guy writing it. Exactly, Jerry Gold or
0: David, <laughs> David Seltzer, Seltzer. I almost oh. said Jerry
1: Goldsmith. <laughs> what did you think of the birthday scene in this one? Where the nanny hangs herself, but
0: oh, well, she didn't go into the window. Right, she hit the the house wasn't as nice.
1: They did have that dog scene, but it was a German Shepherd.
0: Yeah, it was a German Shepherd. That's the first thing I pointed out. I was and like that's that's a German Shepherd. That's so cute. I
1: really think it would have been better if she slapped the wall and like blood came out a little bit. Yeah, like it would have been. It just wasn't aggressive enough. It wasn't
0: enough. dramatic enough.
1: Yeah, didn't have any shock factor. Yeah. Then you get introduced into Mia Farrow, who is the replacement nanny, the new Scary Poppins, I guess. They also have the the mom in this one that's questioning things a bit like the father was in the original, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting dynamic. But I don't like styles that much, so it kind of didn't have any
0: <laughs> bearings. Yeah, like
1: nothing that I was interested in.
0: What did you think about, like, the dream sequences and, like, with the demons coming in your head and Like I said,
1: I feel like they were just planted in there. They were obligatory, and they weren't even that good.
0: They weren't that good.
1: Like, they could have, like, American Horror Story does stuff like that, and they do it well. Right. This was not well. This was a very obligatory, oh, put on a mask, it'll be creepy, you know, stupid shit.
0: Yeah. Oh, I have a cow skull on. Ooh. Bookade Bookade Boo. The
1: scenes are proportionate. It's just not particularly artistic. That's that's kind of right. what it felt. I liked like I know what they were going for, it just didn't work.
0: Right. Maybe they should have had a religious advisor or a satanic advisor on the set for this yeah. one.
1: They were wishing for curses. They were like, please like, someone oh, die.
0: Well, come on. This is Save re- this production. This is, this is releasing on six, six, six. We gotta, you know, step it up a little bit. I mean,
1: it's cool that they did it, but they probably rushed it because of it.
0: I think so too. It was
1: the 30th anniversary, by the way. Mm-hmm. So um, the monkey scene was different, too. They they replaced the baboon, red baboon, protest, red baboon ass protest <laughs> with a large gorilla trying to break through the glass, which I thought was kind of funny. And they cut away real quick. They're like, oh, that's enough for the CGI budget. <laughs> they do the cracks of the CGI. Silly, yeah. <laughs> I think it was just a guy silly. in a suit, too. Yeah,
0: probably. They do
1: gorilla suits really well, though. Yeah. What'd you think of the priest death scene?
0: I, I thought it was a little bit too CGI. It was cool, but it was just, but for 2006, it was probably good.
1: That was like one of my favorite scenes.
0: Yeah. Oh, of this remake. Mm-hmm. See, I like the original better uh, because I didn't like them leading up to it. Didn't like uh, a spear from the steeple or something fall on them?
1: It was the same thing.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. It was like the way they filmed it. I didn't like it.
1: Well, what I liked about it, and I'll explain it. There's like in the beginning, it's, in the original movie, it's fucking Gregory Peck and the father Brennan guy, the, the father and the and, and the priest talking about it on a bench out in the open under a tree. And then he runs off. And this one, they did it under a bridge while it was raining, which I thought was an interesting ad to mm-hmm. this version.
0: Makes it creepy.
1: Kind of, you know, it's just, you know, he's running in the rain after talking with the dad about his son. As he's running, you hear like screams and moans and whispers like, yes, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just cool like that. I don't know. It's, like, I thought that was kind of cool. And then he like bumps into some dude that's running. And it just added to this tension. It was like the most tension I'd felt in this film at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not perfect. It still spikes him, but they added it breaking through stained glass for some reason. Why? I don't know why that piece was like it's that. So
0: dramatic.
1: It was like the, the, the glass was on its side. Made no sense why it was there. It was just
0: extreme. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle. surge In the middle of a storm. Right. Which I really wish that storm would have appeared out of nowhere. Like it well, it kind of did. Kinda did. No, because when they were talking, they were under the bridge and it was raining.
1: Well, it whips up stronger as he's running.
0: Yeah, but it's just not Which as creepy, it did in the movie. Because you know, it's, you know.
1: The original, I mean.
0: It's not as creepy.
1: Well, whatever. Goes through the spikes. The, the, the spike goes through the stained glass and then the spike still penetrates his body and then... Like, he leans back, which looked a little bit cooler, in my opinion. Um, and then the, the glass, like, sticks in his head and body, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, very Final Destination. Very. You know, over-the-top spike, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's still cool. Like Like, I appreciated it. Then they had that scene where the mom falls from the third story instead of the second story. Oh, yeah. Like, in the original, she falls from the second floor, and it's more plausible that she lives. She falls from the third fucking and story. And she
0: fucking hits, like, hard-ass hard, at a hard ass floor.
1: And it's, like, ten-foot stories, yeah. too. Like, we're not talking, like, the small house, like, second floor, right. third floor kind of thing. She falls. Yeah. Like, this is a huge fucking mansion. <laughs> oh, stupid. And, like... I don't know. The flooring for that scene was specially built, apparently, and they had padded it so that she could just safely do it, and she decided to do the tr- stunt herself.
0: And they kind of did the same kind of shot, too, where they followed her down. Right. But instead, in the first one, she landed on her back, and on this one, she turns to the side.
1: No, the first one, she twisted. Oh, she
0: twisted. Okay, I got confused. See, you get
1: confused. I got
0: confused. The
1: first one, she twists and breaks her arm. This one, she just fell on her back.
0: Fell on her back. Okay. Oh, because that's right. She had a broken arm. But anyway,
1: right? I I don't know. It was it just felt too familiar. Mm-hmm. The uh, journalist in this one, we thought, was like a perfect pick.
0: Oh yeah, when he walked up, and we were like, "Hey!" He's a
1: great actor. I love him. He really is. Um, he was a good choice for this. He has further proof, though. They do at the scene where he shows the the father that the spike is through the guy, and he's like, instead of it just being another roll of film, it's two different cameras and another roll of film one of the cameras being digital and it still showed up so right. it was almost like further proving that there is some evil out there uh-huh and it's almost like more unbelievable that that could be anything but evil lurking after and the nanny getting hung and all this other shit and then him seeing the knife uh cutting his head off or whatever like so right. i thought that was a nice touch mm-hmm. but it didn't save the film i couldn't believe that they added uh emperor palpatine in this movie <laughs> by the way
0: oh the uh uh, Father Spirilli or yeah, was Stiletto. it Spiletto? Oh, my God. His makeup was horrible because that's on. the first thing I said was, hey, that's Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. I didn't <laughs> know he was in this.
1: Which, by the way, that that guy who plays Spiletto is Giovanni Lombardo Radici. For those of you who are fans of horror, you should probably know that he was in stage fright. Cannibal Pharaoh or Pherox, however you want to say it. Violent shit. The movie.
0: Violent shit. (laughs) We did that in an episode. I remember. And one of my
1: favorite, he played Bob in City of the Living Dead. Nice. Poor Bob. I don't know why they hate him so.
0: <laughs> he gets his
1: head fucking drilled, like, oh by a drill. It's, like, one of the coolest scenes in uh, whatever. But he's, like, the creepy guy going around, like, trying to fuck, like, uh, inflatable dolls or whatever in the house. And then he sees the hang priest and said, oh I, I, just, I just love him. And, like, he actually does a pretty decent job of acting in this movie. But the makeup job that they did on him was, like, way overdone. And, like... <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of silly. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did look like Palpatine.
0: He totally did. He
1: did, yeah. <laughs> but they, they also swap out the mom diving out of a window. For an air bubble in her IV that Mia Farrow's character, Scary Poppins, Mrs. Baylock, puts in. She oh, she puts right. air in her fucking IV, which kills her, uh-huh. which is a terrible way to die. And I wouldn't want to. Seeing that go as slow as it was, I would was be freaked out. Too. Yeah, it yeah. is suspenseful, but it could have been done so much better. Yeah. And I just was so disappointed with that scene in general.
0: I really wish she just would have punched her in the face. Yeah,
1: like they got into a fight and she like actually put in uh-huh. up a. Yeah. struggle but she was medicated whatever they were like she can't even talk you can't go in there i'll just leave the child out here you know and then he's like looking at the fucking security guard the kid and he's like making him feel unnerved mm-hmm. did you notice that they mm-hmm. did that in this yeah. In the movie yeah nothing ever became of it
0: yeah it was weird
1: the journalist death scene was one of my other favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. um Pretty cool what they did on this one. This is totally Final Destination. Oh, totally. Hammer drops from a guy who's fixing the roof, (laughs) hits the sign as he's picking up the daggers, and it knocks the bolt loose, which then causes the sign to swing on the bottom because it's like one of those side-mounted old signs where they have it sticking in the side of the building and poking out and it unlinks the top part and it swings down and chops his head off from behind.
0: Oh, my gosh. That
1: was cool. That's cool. That was a cool scene. I mean, it's not worthy enough to go see the movie, but at least if you're going to be, you know, documenting cool death scenes, you could point that one out that that's not a terrible re- replacement. Right, right. It's not as cool as the glass. Right. In a way, but it's still cool. It's still cool. But yeah, uh this one ends pretty much the same, the same way. Same. It's the president. This
0: yeah, and this is seriously it's like even the dialogue was the same.
1: Yeah, it was pretty pretty spot on. Same yeah. camera angles, same Yeah. There was a couple of things they did differently, like the the fucking when they go into the, the Father Brennan's house and he lives in a sewer or something like that. And it was a much bigger room.
0: Oh, right. And they was, had different
1: pages like hanging of, from the ceiling. More
0: of crazy. More Instead crazy. of the like
1: in the original, they had it all glued on the wall and shit right. like that. But yeah, I just I don't know, man.
0: It was it, just a disappointment.
1: It is like I'm just trying to think like if all the people who saw it when this came out, like if they'd never seen the original, would yeah, they have but, liked it?
0: Yeah, right. Well, obviously not. I mean, no one's ranting and raving about it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it got a pretty low score. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I am excited to watch the second, the sequels because I'm hoping, since the child is going to be Damien will be older, there'll be more mayhem for him.
1: Well, you might want to taper your expectations, but I am excited.
0: Oh, I am excited.
1: Let's just see how it goes before you jump to conclusions. And I'm
0: also going to re-watch the TV show, if I can find it. Um,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. We watched the TV show. We
0: did watch it. We liked it. Well,
1: let's explain that better, because we watched the TV show. We were struggling with it for a long while right. into the last four episodes.
0: Right. Which is... Like The Exorcist. It was a like, little
1: cheese dickery um, in the beginning. We, it was enough to keep us interested, but not enough to like right. make us want to come back for season two at that point. Well, until they, the last couple of episodes. And then we were like, fuck, this got good.
0: And then they canceled it. And then they canceled <laughs> it,
1: yeah. That's because most people didn't make it to the point what we did.
0: Right. They were doing old school tactics. Right. Like old school TV show tactics. It felt so like a supernatural TV show. It totally did.
1: A little bit, you it, know, like like Supernatural, the TV show. Right, right. Yeah. Like the way they had like the two people, like the journalist and him were teaming up and like, right. it was like this love interest thing. And it was, it's worth watching if you guys haven't seen the TV show. Or if,
0: yeah. If you're into stuff like this, if you want to go down the hole with us.
1: Yeah. Like if you want to check that out too, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing, but I'd probably wait until you watch all of these because there's little Easter eggs in the TV show from the other movies that we're going to go over right so and good omens yeah good
0: omens I don't know why you keep saying good omens because it's a great because it's the same concept
1: I know it is sort of but it isn't well it's a
0: little bit different which makes it but I think it's better
1: anyway guys I think both of these movies uh, yeah view at your own risk on this one Um, the original definitely see it because it's going to play into the sequels sort of Uh, I remember it being kind of a toss-up in the second movie and then the third one, it was very different. Uh, it was more connected to the original. Um, I don't, I it's been a while since I've seen the second one. So you're going to have to forgive me. Uh, but I remember that it really went off the beaten path vaguely. It's like something in my mind. I remember something about locusts and stuff. And maybe I'm thinking of like Exorcist 2 and I'm getting that confused with it. So I don't know. It's been a long while since I've seen it. So we're definitely going to be talking about Damien Omen 2 from 1978 and then Omen 3, The Final Conflict from 1981. So if you haven't watched these, you should check them out. And uh, so that way you can kind of follow us along in our little franchise journey. The following week we'll be saving, of course, again, for the Omen 4, The Awakening, which involves a girl. Um, I don't know if it's the daughter of Damien or something like that. It's been a while, but it was a Canadian uh, TV movie. So I'm curious to see that one anyway. Maybe it's so bad it's good and we'll love it just for that reason. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah. So what do you guys think? Are we right? Are we wrong? Did you love the original and we're just fucking assholes? Did you not think the Omen was that good and I gave it too high of a score? Or did Christina give it too low of a score? Like, where do you lie on the the original and the remake i would love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below these are just of course our opinions and what we think about the movies it doesn't necessarily mean we speak for anybody else we just speak for ourselves so but yeah thanks for coming by this week guys and as always
0: long live the voice